Okay, so here we are with episode three of Jimbo Talks. Jimbo Talks, your your new favorite show. Um, well, probably not your new favorite show, but you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, here we go, Jimbo Talks. So look, I'm going to be quite short on this one today. I'm literally just going to really talk about two topics. But obviously, knowing me, I'll probably you know deviate and stuff like this. Um, and that's deviate, not like deviant. I should I should point that out. I said deviate. Um, also, I should say, while I'm watching this, I'm watching a, a football game, believe it or not. Um, and that football game, I actually recorded so on uh, TiVo, so I'm literally just watching it back. And it's Manchester United away to Burnley that happened. Yes, yes, there. I'm just watching it just to get some idea of, you know, some of the stuff that went on in it, just to have some idea of some of the players, just because, you know, in the heat of the moment, while you're watching a game, you can forget about what's actually what's actually happened because you get so involved in the game itself. Um, I've just watched now Cavani getting taken out just on the edge of the box. Last man should have been a red card. Obviously wasn't because they, they brought it back for the short tackle, which I'll agree was a bad tackle. Um, but it, both. The short tackle probably could have been a red, although he does get, get the ball. They're just showing a, a re sort of replay of it now. But the Cavani uh, situation definitely was a tackle. I mean, it's a last man situation. So, you know, the player doesn't get the ball, just takes out Cavani. That is pretty much a red card. But I understand how it's not, you know, I, I understand how it all went out. And it was Shaw himself that came out. I mean, yeah, he did he did get the ball. So you got to give him credit for that. Yeah, I'm watching this. Obviously, Manchester Manch, you know, Manch United won. And one nil Pogba scored, and they're now top of the league table, and that's the first thing I want to talk about. Top of the league table, can you believe it? Top, 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 top of the pops. First time Manchester United have been top of the league. I'm pretty sure. Well, okay, since the first weekend of uh, 2019, because obviously I think they won four nil or something the first weekend. So they, I think they went top for that reason for the first round of games, but meaningfully in terms of it in a league season it's the first time i think since the uh the second Mourinho season when they were winning four nil four nil four nil in their first couple of games and they were top for a while but obviously it went down then um look overall um overall you know i'm i just can't really believe it you know the way the season started Manchester united look looked so poor in their first and really poor, to be fair, in their first sort of three games, especially, you know, a home to Villa, uh, that's Aston Villa, a home to, um, a home to, who else were they home to? They were home then to Spurs and also away to, to, to Brighton. Those games, they just, uh, they just weren't good at all. And even though they, they did beat Brighton, they were fortunate because they weren't good, but it was three moments of magic and there we go, that, that does happen. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 been very strange this season so far because other teams have been dropping points, which of course they like have been, you know. So Liverpool, Man City's and all that have been dropping points, you know. So it's it's obviously let other teams like Spurs, like ourselves, creep up, and we've 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 done that. We're now three points clear, but the same games played as say Liverpool now, who is second. And we go to Anfield next. And obviously, that'll be a very tough game. I'm not assuming United are going to win that at all. I I, I would uh, take a draw now. I would take I would take a draw to like start off with. But no, it's all it's all very positive. I mean, I'm I'm happy with a lot of things that have been going on in terms of the team. And 
I still think I still think that overall I still think overall that the, the you know the team can get better. I think that's the scary thing. It must be for the rivals is the fact this this Manchester United team can get better. They've not been great. They've been okay. They've been good, and being good has got them first. You know, so I they they could definitely go up a gear. Definitely, I think, uh, and 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 they have. That's not saying that they haven't. They have in like in like some games, just not all all games. So. And I, I would say nine times out of ten, you know, they have deserved most of the wins that they've had. Yeah, there have been some that have been lucky or just a decision has gone their way. But I think overall they deserve the majority. Um, I'm also, I also think, you know, the manager Solskjaer, although he's not my, he's not my, you know, I understand why people don't think he's good enough. And I, I, I do agree. I don't think he's good enough. I think he, I think he has a level. I think that that level's been reached. I think he's reaching that level now. Do I think he would, he would win a Premier League of Manchester United? I, I don't. Do I think he'll win any trophy with with uh, Manchester United? No. But, but um, so I don't think that at all. But, I think he's good. I don't think he's good. I think, you know, he's able to get tune out players that say Mourinho couldn't. He's definitely brought. He's definitely brought a good sort of feel good factor to the game, and to the and to the team. There's a togetherness, and look, some of his signings have been very good. I'd even argue a lot of his signings have have, have been good. You know, Fernandez def definitely hundred percent. Fernandez, I say Fernandez hundred hundred percent. I think Juan 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 at times have been very good. Um, you know, overall, I think there's positives, and like I say, it's scary that to look at it, they haven't really hit full full throttle yet. So all that is very very good, to be fair. So a lot of like positives, top top of the league. I'm not getting carried away. I understand totally how things can just change. Obviously, you go to Anfield and like lose, but even if they lose to Liverpool on on like Sunday, they'll they'll still be on on the same points as them. Granted, goal difference will 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 be a problem. They'll still be on the same points, and now Liverpool pretty much got a win on Sunday if, if they want to retain top top spot, and that of course puts pressure on them. Then, and it's the first time that this has been the sort of situation for uh, for, for ages. Okay, the next thing uh, I want to talk about because that's enough about Manchester United. I don't want to make this a sort of Manchester United pod podcast or anything like that. I mean, granted, there's loads of uh, Manchester United pod podcasts. That's not what this is meant to be about. Um. As I said, this will be a short podcast, by the way. It's probably the shortest one I ever do. The next thing I want to talk about was John Carpenter, the film the, the film director of uh, fantastic horror horror films. I've I've recently... Uh, well, I've already got most of his films anyway on, say, DVD and stuff, but I've recently bought a few 4Ks of his work, um, Halloween, Prince of Darkness, uh, The Fog, you know, these films... And I've been watching them, and look, I'm really impressed. And I've always been impressed with them. I've always, always, always liked John Carpenter. But watching them again, it just goes to show how much I really do like him. And, you know, I really believe that um, he has a really good eye. Uh, his sentiments, his sensibilities in terms of what sort of horror he likes and sort of stories he likes to tell are kind of mine. The Fog is so much better than I remember it being. In fact, anything I would have always said that The Fog... You know, from nineteen eighty was probably one of my least favorite John Carpenter films. But actually, watching it again now for the first time in 
possibly, you know, 10 years or so, to be honest with you. I actually like it a lot more than I, than I, than I remember. And um, for some reason, I always thought it was a bit childish. It's it's not childish at all. There's some really effective sort of scares and some real kind of gory stuff in it, much more gory than I, than I re- remember it being. So, yeah, I'm very impressed with it. Um, uh, uh, of course, Halloween, I mean, you know, what could... There's so much being said about Hall- about Halloween. There's absolutely no point in me going on about it here much more. But Halloween is possibly a perfect horror film. I mean, it's definitely a perfect slasher film. It's probably one of my favourite horror films of all time. It's definitely my favourite slasher. There's a difference here. There's obviously slasher is a, 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 sub, a sub-genre of um, horror. Uh, and it's definitely my favourite of those type of films. Um, you know, mixing in a lot of sort of Hitchcockian vibes, but also, you know, going on to the sort of... Um, gallo films and stuff like this um yeah i just i just really really like him you know um i suppose any negative so i would say they live a negative might be well actually no you what i think they live is almost pretty perfect which is really shocking because as i say i had some issues with it when i was younger it seemed it was one of my least favorites but i even think the fact it's got it ensemble cast but i think they all do stuff you know it's not one of those films where you have a huge cast and there's quite a few you know char- char- characters that just get lost in the shuffle everyone's got something to do i mean jamie lee curtis shows up and does stuff uh you know tom atkins shows up and does stuff i mean and there's all horror staples you know hall hall holbrook's in it um audrey bordeaux in it there's so many sort of horror staples or horror actors of the time i'm I actually, I absolutely think it is one of the sort of groundbreaking films of his career and certainly a lot better. I can't believe I've always trash-talked it it's certainly a lot better than I ever remember remember it being. Um, And then, as I say, Halloween. I mean, the only thing I'd say about Halloween that I kind of get on my nerves looking back on it now is I just wish there was was more on Michael. I actually do in a way. Um, Although I... I always kind of I do like the idea of him being a kind of nameless, faceless sort of you know you know kind of guy. But because you have that bit the bit at the beginning where we see, you know, he uh, kills his like sis is like sister you know, when he's like eight or ten or whatever. It obviously or eight I think isn't he? It it really does make you think. Well, okay, how do you get there? You know, what's going on here? Like, are we just going to assume that he's just pure evil, which is kind of what the film wants you to do? But like I say, it works in the context of the film. Donald Pleasant obviously plays all all that up. But yeah, I I say all that, but I don't know, I just sometimes but then I say all that and I and I can remember watching the Rob Zombie films and obviously the Rob Zombie Halloween films and obviously they're very sort of um they're very sort of uh they tell you everything there is about, you know, Michael and stuff like this and it is a bit much. So yeah, you can take it too much. But I suppose I'd like just a little bit. Um and the other Carpenter films I've watched, so Prince of Darkness. Now, Prince of Darkness, this this is one I've always liked. But the thing with Prince of Darkness is, so it's, it's one of John Carpenter's sort of less sort of watched and less known horror, horror, horror films. And it's the one where you have a group of scientists and this priest and they're hauled up in this church. And basically they're there because they found this um, container with some weird substance in it, like liquid and they're trying to work out what it is, and it's just appeared out of like nowhere. Turns out it's basically the essence of the devil, basically, and then that essence turns everything around the people to basically shit, and 
it could have a very bad ending for all of them and also the world very love love you know lovecraftian vibes to this and that's and lovecraft is someone that plays a part in a lot of john john carpenter's works um yeah i just love this film i've always liked it I mean, I will say the, the thing I don't like about this film is some is some of the acting I don't think is great. I think some of the characters just, I don't know, they're not quite on point, really. But away from that, I mean, some of the effects, and you have Alice Cooper who shows up, you have a very creepy moment, a very, very creepy moment to do with uh, uh, a kind of creature that they all see in their dreams type of thing, which is almost like it's being teleported out to them from beyond. That is quite a frightening sequence that gets overplayed and overplayed and overplayed again so you it kind of hammers it it's home but it is very effective um and yeah like i say some of the effects definitely very very good in this film especially for the time like i say alice alice cooper shows up you've got these homeless guys who show up and terrorize these people and it's just like this the spell this liquid seems to prom the group and of course things could end could end up very badly and uh you know lots of bad things happen to the group and there's a generally very effective ending to it where it's very much kind of like the the opening of the worlds and the old ones coming into our world a bit like a lovecraftian vibe and uh, i'm going to talk about another john carpenter film just after this that plays off the same sort of trope but it really i think it's one of the best lovecraftian type films ever made and, and I and I and I say one because you 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 then have another John Carpenter film which I've watched recently, uh, again I've watched it when I was younger, and that's In the Mouth of Madness, which came out in ninety four. Now look, um, In the Mouth of Madness, I again a bit like Prince of Darkness. I think some of the acting is not great. I I will just say that I I think that's a problem sometimes with John Carpenter films where the acting at times can be poor. Not always, not not like universally poor. There's always people in his films that, that are like really knocking out of the park. But even in films like The the Thing and things like this, there are times where I just feel like the acting does let it down slightly. But that's only, like I say, The the Thing is not the biggest problem with this. There are other films, you know, Ghost of Darkness, for example. But, um, yes, yeah, sometimes I feel like he's not the best at actually, like, getting good performances out of actors. But, I don't, but like I say, that's not really John Carpenter's thing. Like, his thing is about mood. It's about the sort of atmosphere. And it's about the actual story. Like, that's what he really cares about. And I think it, that is normally spot on in nearly all his films. And again, In the Mouth of Madness, which, as I say, it's another love Lovecraftian type film, like like Prince of uh, Darkness is. Um, and yeah, it is it, it's probably better. I mean, I think I prefer Prince of Darkness, but, but In the Mouth of Madness is definitely more of what you classically traditional Lovecraft type story about a guy who he's like a reporter... And he's trying to find out about this author who's gone missing and he goes to this uh, village where this author is and it's all about how this author in this village is somehow being able to bend time and space and he's somehow created a, a portal or something where again the the old ones can come back in it's all it's always it's always about the old the old the old ones you see it's always about the old um, the old ones and they're going to come back to earth and basically take over um i I, as I say, I have a lot of fun with In the Mouth of Mads. It's certainly more fun than Prince of Darkness. It's definitely... <coughs> pa pa pardon me. There's definitely more that you can enjoy. Sam Sam Neill is fantastic in, in the lead performance as the reporter really playing off uh, another role that he did in another film several years before called uh, Possession. But yeah, in, in the Mouth of Madness, it's 
as I say, some of the acting is not great, but some of the imagery and again, some of the scenes and some of the some of the situations, especially the use of love. I mean, I will say in terms of Lovecraft and using Lovecraftian imagery in films, it's definitely one of the best. I mean, as I say, I think it's just better than Prince. I think Prince of Darkness is is a better film. I prefer Prince of um, Darkness, but I do think that In the Mouth of Madness is certainly more of an original, more of an, more of a, a textbook sort of love Lovecraftian fare. Uh, and of course, it's not actually based off a Lovecraftian story per se, but it uh, yeah, it's definitely whole. It's definitely taking whole you know whole meal basically from sort of chapter and verse from a Lovecraftian text. Um, uh, you know, and of course, it's mostly practical effects, and then there's a lot of practical effects in this film. I mean, you know, if you if you think there's a lot in uh, Prince of like Dark of of Darkness, there's a huge one more in this in this film. And you know, if you like those kind of early nineties or mid nineties sort of uh, effects, so so practical effects, they're they're all they're all over this uh, film. Um, yeah, so in the mouth of madness, good use of color as well in, in this film. Good use of different color tones and stuff like this to really set a mood. Especially the the color blue, um, yeah. And so they're the four films I've basically watched uh, in four K, and I've really enjoyed them. And although I've always loved John Carpenter, he's, he's always been one of my most sort of definitive uh, film directors. I love watching his films, especially just his tone and his style. There are some I remember, like you know, me me memoirs of a invis of a invisible man although i do have a kind of soft spot for it but films like that films like village of the damned films like i remember you know us i think it's us escape from la that one ghost of darkness um ghost of darkness um uh what's it called ghost of mars or something like the ghost of mars i think it's called and um and uh what was the other one and the vampires film and also Ward. I'm not so fussed on that, so on on those. But they all have, even Ghosts of Mars, which is a pretty poor film. Even that has, and it's certainly his worst film. But even that has got elements of it that I do like and I do sort of appreciate from a, a John Carpenter point of view. I mean, yeah. So I will be talking about more John Carpenter films briefly because I say it's, it's brief chats. We're not going over massive reviews or you know, or massive sort of like digestions of these films. It's literally just saying, yeah, you know, just, I, I dig them, you know? I do dig John Carpenter. And even to say, I suppose the only one, Village of the Damned, is the only one which I just will probably never watch ever again. And I don't think I ever have watched it since the first time, which is probably about 20, 20 years ago now, or even longer than, than that. I have never watched it again. Um, yeah, so John Carpenter, certainly a filmmaker I will keep on watching his stuff and I really enjoy it really really enjoy it and these four films you know Prince Darkness Halloween The Fog and In the Mouth of Madness are just are just four examples of a filmmaker who really was on top of his game from literally 78 to yeah I mean I would say 94 but obviously you have Memoirs of Visible Man in there you have Starman which I'm not too hot hot on but you know you also have they they live and uh Big Trouble in Little China, which is a bit of a mess, but a really good, a really good mess to watch. Um, yeah, so that's it for now. Like I say, a bit of a shorter podcast to like normal. Um, um, yeah, we'll see what's next on the agenda uh, the next time I record one, one of these, which will be in a few days' time. So, okay, on like um, Saturday. So, okay, hope everyone's okay, and uh, 
Jimbo will talk again. Okay, so here we go with another episode of Jumbo Talks. Um, I'm doing this a bit later than I wanted. It's Saturday evening. It's not Saturday day. Uh, whatever. I've just, uh, for whatever reason or another, just 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 doing it a bit later. Um, on this episode, uh, it's going to be a football centric episode. I know the last couple have been. I know I said I wouldn't focus on football or my beloved Manchester United, whatever you want to say. But unfortunately, it looks like it is. It's just it's the way it is at the moment. You know, football is kind of dominating my thoughts in some ways more than films, more than other things. But, you know, this won't be strictly all about football. There are other things I want to, I want to talk about. So, for example, um, for a recap, uh, I'm going to be talking about... I will talk about... Um, Sorry, we'll talk about fo- sort of fo- football to start off with. Obviously, as a Man- as a Manchester United fan, there's a big match this weekend or tomorrow, I should say, between us and uh, Liverpool, the fantastic team that is Liverpool. Um, my sarcasm, by by the way, although they are pretty fantastic. Let's let's be honest about it. Uh, also, um, I want to talk about Jason McAteer, just the rivalry between Liverpool and Manchester United. Uh, Jason McAteer, obviously, was an ex-Liverpool player, and some of his comments about uh, Man-, Man United, which I think is so disingenuous, it's unbelievable. Uh, Fulham, I want, I want to talk about Fulham. Uh, they're the team, pardon me, oh, sorry. They're the team that Man- the Manchester United play next after Liverpool. I just want to talk about them because I've been very impressed with them. Um, I will say, spoiler alert, Although it's not really spoiled, uh, I watched the first half of the of the Chelsea game they play against um, Fulham, so I don't know what's happening in the second half. I, I know there was a red card, which obviously works out well for Manchester United because that play will not be played against Manchester United. And I'm guessing because he started to, to today, he's possibly one of the well, one of the main players of Fulham. I'm I'm not sure, but anyway, I want to have penalties and what what's all this rubbish about penalties and stuff? This really just Guess, guess on my nerves, always talk about penalties and stuff. Um, you know, who really cares? And Bruno Fernandes as well. I want, I want to talk about him. I want to talk about the man, the legend, the reason why I live and breathe. No, I'm joking, by the way. I'm, he's not the reason I live and breathe. In fact, I, I hadn't even heard of Bruno Fernandes until he signed, until, until about a year, like, well, no, more than a year ago, because I heard about him back in the summer of 2019, because United were linked a lot with him then. But... You know, I hadn't heard of him before then, so I can't say he's the reason why I live in Brave. I'm not giving him that much credit. Although I will give him credit for re revitalising this Manchester team. And then Ravenous, the film Ravenous. Let's talk about that for a little bit at the end. And um, I'm going to throw in some pet food deaths I've got here. There was something about pet food deaths or something that I saw in the news recently. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, let's just start off with that. So pet food deaths. Yeah, there was something about... There was something on the news about pet food deaths, and look, let's be honest about it. It shocks me to do with pet food that people have been uh, cats and dogs have been eating, and I think it's mostly dogs actually, not cats, because it's dog food. I think so. Actually, no, no cats have been have been harmed. Um, by the way, if this is a more funnier ep- ep- episode, and I I don't mean to to stutter, but I'm a bit of a stutterer, so there we go. That's just you know, that's that's a product of uh, genetics nothing I can really help um just like call me Gareth Gates um but if I am a bit more sweary or a bit more uh, funny although I like to think that I'm always funny 
But if I'm a bit more funny than like usual, it's because I've had a, I've had a, I've, I've had a drink. Okay, it is Saturday night, Saturday night in God's own country, which is Wales. <laughs> whether you whether you consider Wales um, God's own country, I'm not sure. But anyway, that's a bit of a joke, um, a bit of a, a bit of an in an in joke between me and me. If that makes sense to any, to to anyone else. But anyway. Um, yeah, the, I've read something about dog food deaths. Um, I haven't got the article up with me here, but I did read it the other day. And I, I find this shocking, like, you know, the fact that, you know, dogs have been dying or pets have been dying. And only now are they, get, I, mean, I heard something, it's like 70 dogs have died. I mean, that's tragic. I, I'm not going to search it. I can't remember the actual dog food. This is a bit of a pathetic um, uh, chat really about this topic but i know there was something about pet food it was on the bbc website probably about two days ago and yeah dogs there's about 70 dogs that have died in the uk alone that is shocking i think um look i've never owned a dog i'm not bothered about dogs really i will say that i'm i'm more of a cat person um and you know you might ask why um cats are just more why cats? Cats are just they what what okay, okay. What I like about cats, okay. What I like about cats um, is they don't dem- they don't demand it. They don't demand attention. If you if you if you walk into a room and there's a cat, it's just gonna sit there like okay, so what? It's gonna give you that 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 like look like okay, why? Why the hell are you are you here? I, I was fine before you showed up. Where dogs are like all over you, they're slobbering all over you. They got the hairs all over you. They're just, they're just all all over you, trying to hump hump your leg. You know, it's just it's just tragic, really. So, yeah, I've always been more of a cat person. Um, I just want to say as well, just quickly before I say anything else, uh, I I know the the audio is still not great. I'm trying to fix it. Like I say, I bought all this fancy stuff, and I just I can't I can't get it working the way it's meant to be working. But there there we go. I will I will really I will really really try. That's going to be my main aim for the next couple of days is to really try and just nail it down. Just pardon me, just really nail it down and get it all sorted. But um, it will take a bit of time, I think. Yeah. So. I just prefer cats personally, but you know I respect the fact that people like dogs. I wasn't brought up with cats or dogs. I didn't have cats or dogs growing up, uh, so I don't have any allegiances in that sense. But just cats, I don't know. I just prefer them. I, I've spent more time with cats, like with other people and stuff, and I just think, yeah, there's something about cats in it. When you see cats running around, you think, oh well, they can jump everywhere. They they always land on their feet. Where dogs just seem a bit clumsy, a bit like you know, not really my thing, really. Um, yeah, but yeah, this whole thing about pet food deaths and, you know, dogs dying, I just think that's all really sad, really, and like, you know, I just found it amazing, that's never really been, um, you know, it's taken till now to, to, to get sorted, so yeah, let's talk about the big rivalry, the big football rivalry, the match tomorrow, the big, the big match, you know, Sky Sports are going to really bring this on, it's like the biggest match has ever been, ever, 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 Liverpool... At Anfield against Manchester United. Um, look, I I hate Liverpool. I hate Liverpool with every fibre, every every atom, every ounce of my body. Um, but that being said, I don't hate Liverpool so much. That's going to sound really weird to some people. I hated Liverpool growing up. You know, I was brought up. 
as I said before, supporting Manchester United from my from my granddad, who was born in like Manchester and was a, and was a Manchester United fan. Um, and because of my granddad is why I support them. It's not because of my parents, because neither neither of my parents support Manchester United, but my granddad did, hence why I do. And he always used to tell me that his game was against Liverpool. That was his main one, more than more than City. And yeah, I just suppose growing up, I remember the FA Cup final in like '96, and I just I, I I've never throughout throughout my whole life any football game that I've ever watched is the 1996 FA Cup final. I remember watching it on TV with my granddad uh, back in '96. I would have been about 12 years of age, and United scored. It was Cantona in like the 85th minute or whatever, and it was a really boring game. On honestly, the game was turgid. It was shit. It, it, it was awful. And Canton scored in the eighty fifth minute, and I just I've never gone so delally in 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 my life, and um, and it was a horrible kit as well. I remember United were playing it because I think Liverpool were playing in the red, and United were playing in like some white and grey number. I mean, it wasn't that famous white and grey number that they got rid of when they played Southampton, but it was a really horrible away kit. Um, but yeah, that that game cemented the whole Liverpool rivalry for me, and look. They were nothing, let's be honest. In the nineties, Liverpool weren't really there at all. Um, in the two thousands, they came back. You know, they 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 won a few cups and stuff, and they course, the European Cup in there, uh, or the Champions League, whatever you want to call it. I actually still call it the a European Cup. So I just that 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 just goes to show how um, old fashioned I am. I actually call it the actual Europe, the actual European Cup. I don't call it Champions League even to this day. When I think of the Champions League, I think of the European Cup. That's because of my granddad and, and actually because of my dad as well, because he called it the European Cup, and that's just what I call it, so there we go. Um, but yeah, it's a big game. It's a big game. And look, I just want to say, may, may the best team win, okay? Let's just be civil for a sec. Whoever deserves to win, wins. I mean, we are three three points clear, so, so, if, so, if, we, so if we win... It's it's a real it's a real statement. It's a massive st- statement. If 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 like Liverpool win, they just brings us all back level. And if if the team in in draw, well, I'm happy with a with a draw. So there we go. But yeah, I want to talk about obviously coming from Wales and coming from Car- uh, you know, where I come from. Um, you know, a lot of people down by me they support. You know, Liverpool. Uh, they support Man United. Grow grow. Growing up, it was very popular for most kids to support either or, um, because the football here is pretty, is not always great. Let's be honest. I mean, I know you've got Cardiff City and you've got Swansea and you've got Newport and all this, but let's be really honest about it. Like, not many kids in my school support any any of those teams, and let and let alone the the team that I, you know, the city that I grew up in. Um, it was always Man United or Liverpool. That was it. I remember all the boys in my class and and like some of the girls as well. To be fair, it was Man United Liverpool with a big with a big two. And I support Man United, like I say, because of my grand my granddad really. But I suppose if it wasn't for my granddad, I don't know who I would have supported because I might have gone for like Liverpool because I do think Ian Rush is amazing. Uh, I also quite like Robbie Fowler. To be fair, and I love Steve Mc Mc. But man, man, those players could have tipped, could have tipped me over the edge. To be fair, but no, my my granddad was a massive influence in the in in the choosing for me. But um, but yeah, let's talk about Jason McAteer for a sec. So yeah, so like you know, 
this this guy, Jason McAteer, you know, this guy who, what? I don't think he won anything at Liverpool. He, he was there for like five years. He was never someone I was particularly bothered about as a player. Um, but he's going on about oh how it's a false position for like Manchester United to be top. What the fuck? Like, what the hell is that about? How is it a false position? How the hell? Hey, they always say the table doesn't lie. Well, guess what? Jason McAteer, the table doesn't lie. At this point, after 17, 18 games, whatever, Man United are top. Now, will it be top at the end? I really don't know. That's the problem. That's the beauty. That's the fundamental beauty of all of this. No one knows whether they'll be top at the end or not. But the fact is, Jason McAteer, you can't say it's a false position because it isn't. It's never a false, a false position. Whoever's top is top. Whoever's bottom's bottom. Okay? Unless they've played like loads of games more than yes you could say it's it's a false position okay it's not a false position and was he saying that where Liverpool were top I pretty much doubt it let's go on for these penalties that people keep on talking about do you know what I'm sick and tired of talking about penalties so fucking what there's VAR okay VAR every single team right now is on a level playing field okay all of us, well, me as well, because I, I did, and I support one of the big teams, quote-unquote. So you'd think, if anything, I actually don't want VAR because surely I was getting more decisions before. That's what we used to say back in the 90s and the 2000s, oh, United get all, all, all the penalties. Bullshit. Rubbish. The amount of games I've watched, penalties given against us. Loads. It's all bullshit. It's all just mind games and all that. And the thing is, when it comes to like mind games, let's be really honest about it. There was only one person, okay, only one person that's ever walked this earth who was ever good at like mind mind games. And I'll tell you who that was now. That was Alex Ferguson. No one else, okay. No one else was good at it. He was. Rafa Benitez and all this tried it. Kenny Dadleish for a while tried it. All these Liverpool guys. Jose Mourinho, okay, who is an ex-United manager, whatever. I'm not biggest fan of his. And let's be honest about it, he's going to fuck up Spurs. Um, but Jose Mourinho is good at it. But nothing like the king that is Sir Alex. And I just want to say, the whole penalty thing gets on my nerves for purely reason... We have, I don't even mind you say it again, V-A-R, okay? So when a ref makes a decision, what happens? It gets sent out to Stockley Park or, or whatever they call it, and someone else looks at it. And what happens then, kids? I'll tell you what happens. They make a informed decision. They look at it, right? Like you and me look at it on the TV screen. and they, or, or if you go to the game, but of course now no one's going to the game, so there we go. And before someone shouts out, I've been to, I've been to Old Trafford five times, okay, five times, not a huge amount of times, okay, granted in my whole life, but I've watched a game at Old Trafford and supported Manchester United five times, the the big five. So, you know, whatever. I think that gives me some credit. I'm not a total like idiot that's never been there. I have been there and watched and, and I've watched and watched a game and whatever. The last game I went to was Liverpool. For one smashing, I might say, where Liverpool were just really good at Old Trafford back in 2009. That's the last game I've been to at Old Trafford. So that suggests the most, the most of them were done when I when I was quite young. Yes, they were. But yeah, penalties. I mean, look, we all get this. like it gets reviewed by someone, and look, and for Liverpool to be all like this, 
I've watched Liverpool games against Fulham. There was a few of us, but Fulham's one that really sticks out, where it's like, that's not a penalty, but Liverpool get it. And also, not just that. There was the game against Fulham, where Fulham should have had a penalty, but they didn't. So, every team gets them, okay? Do I think United get a lot more penalties than everybody else? Yes, you could argue in the last two years they have. In this season, no. Leicester, no one's about Leicester. No one's about Leicester City. No one talks about them. Because no one really cares, let's be honest. Although although they did win the league once, to be fair to them, which I will give them total credit credit for. But they've got 10 penalties this season. 10 penalties! Manchester United, okay, granted, have got the second highest with six. That's four less. Four less penalties. So... And and Liverpool have five this season, so it's not like with that much difference this season. Granted, if you count two years or three years, the suits Klopp. See, this is the thing with Klopp that I don't get. Now, I'm for anyone who doesn't know, and and none of you are actually going to know, I'm actually quarter German. I I love Klopp. I love Jurgen Klopp. Honestly, I love Germans. So there we go. But you know. I love. I mean, I I've got I've got a pint of German beer now. You know, I love Germany. Well, I don't. Well, when I when I say love Germany, I mean that's that can be taken in all sort of ways. I mean, I, I do love certain aspects of Germany. Um, I've been over there. You know, I've spent time there. I've been to you know where my family well where my where my mum's family uh, hails hails from. It's a fun. It's a fun fantastic place. And look, I love Klopp. I think he's amazing. And before he went to Liverpool, I was really sad because I wanted him to come to United. I saw what he was doing at, at like Dortmund years ago, and I thought, you know what, he'd be, and I thought he'd be perfect for Manchester United. And I and, and I and I and, and I still do. But obviously, he's gone to Liverpool, so he can never go there. But would I prefer would I prefer him over Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Well, obviously, I love Solskjaer for what he's done for the club and. My allegiance is for him as as a player, but as a manager, yeah, I mean, I love Klopp. I love Klopp. I can't be mad at the guy, but why is he bringing penalties? Like, come on, Klopp, seriously? Seriously, Jürgen? Seriously? You're going to bring up penalties? Like, come on now. You're telling me Liverpool players never dive? Or, actually, no, dive is too is too strong, because no, cause no player really, really dives, okay? We're not Jürgen Klingsman. If you want to talk about diving, should we go about Spurs? Who were the biggest, you know, back in the day? All I've heard about back in the day was Jurgen Klinsmann, Spurs players dying, diving. So you know, and, and, anyway, he's too good for that. He's too big for that. Um, but no, I do, I do love Klopp. So I, I, I don't love Liverpool. I hate him, but yeah, Klopp is amazing. So yeah, I, I, I do struggle with with that one. Um, Bruno Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez. Now look. I love the guy, uh, probably as much as I love Klopp, to be fair. He's just, as I say, I'd only heard of him when they tried to sign him. He went he went under the radar in many ways. He's someone who wasn't really, I mean, God, I play football manager, and he's never someone who I've ever bought on football manager back in the past. He's never someone who I've thought, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to get Bruno. But he's just changed. And it's not just the fact that he is him and he's so good at certain things and the assists and the goals and the, the actual tangible stuff that he does. But it's the actual mindset. It's what he does in terms of installing that into the team. Like, you are winners. You've got to win this. And Grant has not been perfect. Of course, they've lost games. But they've like they've only lost, what, 
in like the league I read somewhere, United have only lost two games in the last 14 or something stupid. Like they're doing really well and um, it's not just because of him, it's a team effort. You know, Marcus Rashford also point out he was just a fantastic guy both on and off the pitch um, for a political reason. Um, I'm a big fan of Alec Tellez. I think he deserves more starts because of, I think he's... I'm not, honestly, some of his passing. I mean, I, I know Solskjaer seems to like Shaw, and that's fine. I like him as well. I like both of them, but I like Tellers probably just a little bit more. De Gea, for what he's done years ago, I just love. Um, and sort of green and like Greenwood. Uh, Martial, Martial gets on my nerves. He always has, kind of. I know, like, rival fans seem to like him more, but... I'm not really into Martial. I'm much more into Rashford in terms of striker. Much, much more into Green Greenwood in terms of striker. Although this season's not been so good, Cavani is just different gravy in terms of uh, what he can provide. But yeah, you know, I'm just I love Bruno Fernandes. The last thing I'm going to talk about is Ravenous. Ravenous, a film, just to talk about, just get off the whole football chat. Like I say, I don't want this podcast to become a football thing about Man about Man Manchester United. It's going to be different, like not just about that sort of stuff. Ravenous, um, a film from nineteen ninety nine. If you haven't have it, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's got Guy Pearce in, uh, Robbie Robert. Is it Robbie, Robert Coltrane? No. Robert Carlyle Coltrane. Some totally different. He's a singer, as well, I think, or a jazz guy. Um, the guy from Train Spotting. Um, Robert Carlyle, Robbie Carlyle, whatever. Fantastic, honestly. Um, again, I was. It's not the type of film I would normally like. Like it's about sort of, uh, it's a film basically about this settlement um, in America, turn of the century, uh, around the time of the sort of prospects and um, you know this sort of maybe eighteen ninety similar to this eighteen ninety nine, and um, after the Civil War, of course, and how there's these people in the settlement and they're just there, and this person shows up who's Robert. Uh, Carl Carlisle, and it's all about how he's got this story to tell about him and this group, and they got stranded, and they all had to eat each other, and he es es escapes. They go to the settlement to find out what's going on. Turns out he's the Robert Carlyle guy. Spoiler alert for a film that came out in nineteen ninety nine. He is the bad guy. Um, yeah, I just look. I mean, I'm in a bit of a football bed now. I was talking about films a bit weird, but it's just a great film. It's really good imagery. The actual c cinematography is fantastic. Um, I think it's a woman dire director, I think, and um, Antonio Bird. Um, and the music, Michael Nyman, who I love. I played some of his stuff at my wedding. Uh, it's just really, it's just really good film. And it's about the whole Windigo. I won't go too much about it, but it's, it's about the whole Windigo sort of... Uh, Windigo, what would I call it? Windigo, it's an American uh, thing, isn't it? Windigo legend, Windigo le legend, which is very much an American thing and like a Native um, American um, uh, story or tale. But it's just honestly, it's the one, the it's just a fantastic film and the acting very one is amazing and it's got that great thing of the black comedy. When I say black comedy, that's a that's what they call it. You know, not, you know it's kind of like um, the kind of thing you got to kind of. Uh, black comedy, dark humor, whatever, whatever you want to call it, with um, with the real funnies and with a bit of horror as well thrown in. So it's really everything. And yeah, I just I love I love I love Ravenous um, a lot uh, from 90, from nineteen ninety nine. Um, 
like I said before, although I love films, I could talk about films all day. This podcast is certainly not going to be something where I just go on about films all the all all, all, all the time. That isn't what this is going to be. Um, but yeah, so there we go. So I hope that was okay. <laughs> if like wasn't, I'm sorry. If you didn't enjoy it, and uh, we will speak soon. And that's Jimbo Talks out. <laughs>